Welcome to Trapping the Cheese Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to discussing, analyzing, breaking down theories, and simply enjoying cheese in a trap webtoon. Some episodes will include fans like you and me joining me for a one-on-one discussion, a one-on-one talk about characters, theories, specific seasons, and so much more. Be sure to check out the website trappingthecheese.com and to subscribe to this podcast right now on whatever platform that you are listening to it so you can join the conversation. My name is Tutar Cassie and I'll be the host for season one of Trapping the Cheese. I hope you stay tuned. I don't even know what to talk about today. I think we wanted to talk about Ina and her relationships, but I'm not sure. Okay, that's a great start. That's uh, that's perfect. What did you think about Ina? Uh, actually, I couldn't really like her. Even at the end, after you find out everything about her, like her whole backstory and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I felt also felt sorry for her, but I I couldn't really like her still. Knowing what she, what she did, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm I, I'm confused about her. I understand where you're coming from. Like, I see some other characters in this series. They had like some big character development that you can see compared to like the first time that we met um, the characters. And up until the last episode where we saw that she is going to therapy, um, prior to that, there wasn't much of a character development when it came to. Ina. Like, her character development was a very slow <laughs> process to watch. And she was actually become, becoming more vulnerable. Or when she first confronted Saul, she was all high and mighty. I'm the stronger one. And in the end, she was intimate, intimidated by her. She had to call Saul to come out and to help her in that situation that her brother had put her in, which brings me up, you know, I think she may have, um, I forgot what it's called, but when you were afraid to be left alone. She definitely had that kind of fear. Because we've seen it a couple of times, like she mentioned, like, and it makes me wonder just how much her parents dying and then her grandpa also passing away, um, Impacted her, and then you know, with Eno just disappearing for I don't even know how long Eno was gone. I think he was away for seven years or so. He was gone for seven years, seven <laughs> years that is wow. But I think they kept somehow in contact. That says a lot about Eno's character. <laughs> that says yeah. a lot. Seven years you dipped off and left your sister to be, you know, taken care of by. Somebody else. Yeah, he ran off after his hand accident, and when he came back, I think he was around 19 or so when he ran off, and he was around 26 when he came back. He came back, he didn't even come back for Ina. He didn't come back because he missed her or anything of that sort. He came back to get revenge on junk. I mean, you, you leave for seven years and doing that seven years, you don't 
grow. You don't develop. You don't become like you don't take time to heal yourself mentally or emotionally. You instead come back. Ooh, I'm sorry, but Eno is as toxic as his sister. <laughs> I know people in the comments, people who are a fan of him, don't want to say it, but buddy, he is toxic. He had too much time on his hands. There you go. She has separation anxiety. Yeah. And I think that's why she clungs so much to Jung. Like Jung and his dad, even though the dad was obviously using her and using, you know, her and her brother, she knew it. The stability that they provided, like she clung to that. Like she said, she don't have nothing else. Yeah, and I think that's that's all she wanted. Family and little Lizzie. Yeah, she really Maybe. craved that family. Because she even mentioned it one time when she was like to, you know, imagine, you know, if I married Jung, if I married him, we would actually be his real family. Like, we would be a family. I know, like, she's portrayed as a gold digger and she do her gold digging stuff. But I think when it came to Jung, at some point, especially when she was younger, she really just wanted to have, like, a real sense of family with them and she figured that hey if she pursue him in a romantic way and she do end up marrying him she will finally have that stable family life that she secretly craves actually they they both want well but they, they, they can't force him that's not how it works and that's probably why even though um with all the money all the gucci all the nice fancy expensive stuff that she had she never Ina was definitely proof that money doesn't make you happy. She had it all, and the girl was still traumatized by her childhood. She still basically couldn't hold on to a relationship or even find herself a meaningful relationship or go after her dreams. Like, she was just in that big old apartment before Eno came and messed that up for her, doing nothing but spending money and still feeling how she felt about herself what would happen to her in the story and what would the author do with her how could she somehow redeemed she is i think the greatest character in the story you never know know if you if you like her you hate her and you could see that also in the comments sometimes they were loving her when she beat up that other other girl Oh, Mensu. <laughs> yeah, then people were loving her. And when she was bothering Saul, they were hating her again. Even when she so beat up Mensu, I still was like, man, don't y'all see how toxic that is, how wrong that is? Because you're telling me if that would have been so, this is exactly what she would have done. She wouldn't have even given Saul a moment or a second to speak. And the fact that she just blatantly attacked Mensu. Although Mensu did deserve her, but just blatantly attacked her without, you know, hearing what she had to say or even confirming that this girl is indeed, you know, Jung's girlfriend. Um, she just straight up attacked her. And she was trying to attack her later, but she got in the nosebleed, so that protected his soul. Yeah, and, and it's because she saw, like, she knew how Jung would react because that was the thing. Like, when she saw the nose piece, she was like, please don't tell Jung. And then she took off. <laughs> My credit <laughs> card. 
Yeah. And it was because at that time, Jug had already, like, punished her. Uh, I think he had already kicked her out the apartment. And yeah. And cut off the credit card. Yeah. So she knew at and that she, point that he was serious about this one. Yeah. And she, she got one after he asked her to collect photos and stuff to protect Saul. Yeah. And for right. that, as a payment, she got got a card again. But before that, he already took everything from her. Cards, flat, whatever he had, she had from them. Oh, that was weird to me. It might be also like a cultural thing, but I just never get, like, comparing her to so I don't mean to, but I don't get how she became comfortable just, like, never really working. Or maybe she considered her manipulative little backstabbing tricks methods of work because i'm like compared to so who's working hard to earn her money and like so never wants to take um money from jung or money from other people ina on the other hand is just like give me give me give me like and i'm not gonna give you back anything <laughs> and i just don't ever care how you could be comfortable just taking 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 and it's not just jung she does it to just about anybody who's willing to fall for her pretty face. And she's nah, not. she don't, did that even before. Now you go and pay and buy me lunch. Yeah, her and her brother. And I was just like, so is a broke college student. Do y'all not see she yeah. is broke? <laughs> you talk about her clothing. Okay, you notice that her clothing is not of the highest fashion, but yet you asking her to buy you lunch? Like... Maybe because she she had it so bad during her early years, she thought life owes that to her. So she goes around and takes whatever she can, being afraid she'll be end up where she was. So she takes whatever she can. I, mean, I agree with you because she mentioned that a couple of times, especially in the flashback when they were in what I presume is high school. Um... And everybody found out the truth about her and Eno being scholarship kids. I remember she had a broke down and she was, she was breaking down. She was like, we can't go back. I can't go back to being that person. I think, like you said, this is her way of covering up the trauma. She became this whole new person, this fancy, rich, you know, in her head. Ar- arrogant kid. Yeah. Who got it all going on just to hide the fact that in reality she's just a sad, lonely little girl who wants more than anything to have a family to come home to and to hug her and to be like, hey, go for that dream of being an artist. Like, I believe in you. You know, like, she's... And I think that's Loki what kind of... um, Even though right now she's still not at the stage where she's willing to admit, admit it, but the attraction to Jay Woo. I believe that's his name? Yeah. Yeah. That's his name. Okay, I think Loki, just a little time, even though she's not, she's still so obsessed with Jung that she has some sort of attraction. And that's because I've seen him interact with her and he's like, hey, why aren't you going for the art? You know, why aren't you pursuing that instead of doing account? She said she wanted, well, she showed an interest in art and instead of him shutting it down, instead of him being like, hey, you don't have the talent for it, he's just like, hey, go for it. Even wanted to give him the tickets. Yeah. He got to go to go to a museum and watch art. So just enjoy art, even if you can't do do it on that level. I hope after and therapy, th- you know, they do. And, she, and I think she never really realized how much he cared for her. 
she ignored her messages, didn't really reply, wouldn't react to him, caring for her. And he was confused what to do with her. Her not reacting to him, messaging her, that's the only thing she knows, basically. How to, when it comes to really, how to basically play games, that's all she knows. <laughs> Which is, you know, but I'm like, I like the fact that he just keeps coming back. That wall that she has and stuff, um, the fact that he just keeps chipping away at it when even her own brother, John, nobody like who are willing to do the same. They're just like, hey, okay, you're going to be a B? Then so be it, you know what I mean? Go ahead and do that. We're not even going to try to figure out what's going on. Why him on the other hand, he's like, hey, you know, what's up? Like, I know you put on this appearance of being this type of person, but I see past all that and I can tell, you know, there's more to you than that. I wish we could have got a chance to explore Ina moving on in the future. Like, I see her taking therapy, but I want to see what Ina is like after therapy. Like, I still think she'd be really sassy. Sassy <laughs> after that. Even after that. <laughs> I think I'd be like a good sassy, like the type of sassy friend that so might need. You know, she'll have Bora as the caring, sweet friend, and then... <laughs> Ina was she well, Bora can be quite aggressive as well. That Remember is. when she when she attacked the, the guys who were criticizing Saul for for her clothes at the very beginning? Yeah. She chased them out of the room, wanting a whole list why they why before they should said, care. Before she said so on that horrible Blind date, yes. <laughs> yeah, I think Ayung is more the sweet friend. Uh, I mean, the artist friend. She is more the sweet kind. I don't think we've seen Ina had a lot of friends in this series. Like, whereas So actually has friends, Bora and Ina Tech, and Jung has some friends. And even um, we see there was this one episode where Ina was living with the two guys and they appear as if they might have been his friends or roommates or whatever the case might be but outside of the guys that Ina is using outside of Jung she don't have no like girlfriends that she, you, you see her going out to hang with or talking on the phone about what's going on like she don't call nobody be like hey girl um, can you believe Jung is doing this and that to me and it just shows you Without even like pain or just how lonely she is, even with all the exterior things, the girl don't even got a single friend. I think she never learned how to build a relationship. I mean, if she could hear our conversation right now, she would be so mad <laughs> because I feel sorry for her <laughs> more on the fact that I'm just like, girl, your life is low key pathetic. <laughs> she would come after us. Yeah. <laughs> we would have to run. <laughs> But as a small child, I don't think she had proper upbringing. A busy grandfather, no parent, and then the aunt, the aunt, the brother, who did no who, upbringing. Yeah, I did no upbringing, true. in my opinion. And there are just so many basic things you have to, you just have to learn as a small child. Otherwise, it won't work. Even her brother being the talented one and how he outshined her. Um, yeah, and I think 
uh, he was even treated better than her because yeah. of his talent. And I, and I guess that's why that on season four, when So actually came out to help her, that woke up Ina more than... Because um, So said something very similar to what Ina said. Ina was like to her a while back, I think episode two, you need to stop this. We need to live a normal life. Like, let's be good people. I don't want to do this anymore. And at the end of season four, after they were getting chased down by the bad guy, So told her something similar. She's like, do you want to continue to live like this? Is this really the life that you want? And that, I think, had more of an impact on her than what Eno, than when Eno said it. Cause it was basically the same thing. Like, girl, like, look at your life. <laughs> But Innocent had no effect on her because sometimes he, he was nice to her, then he was aggressive. So it didn't really have a strategy or he didn't even know how to approach her, his sister, what to do with her. And a stranger, an outsider, maybe have a stronger effect. Yes, and the fact that the stranger is willing to put their life also um, in jeopardy to save her. I'm just, I think that made such a huge impact on her because we also saw a flashback earlier, which I completely don't blame Eno for when he was younger and he took off and left her to take the beating from the auntie. You know, I'm like, I don't blame him. He seemed like he was pretty young, under 15. Um, and as a child, you know, in that type of situation, what do you, what, what do you do? <laughs> You know, so yeah, and yeah, and he is the younger one. Yeah, he's even the if he's a boy, he's the younger one. So I was like, yeah, you know, him taking off in that episode um, and leaving her to deal with the auntie by herself is a complete mirrored episode, um, mirrored reflection to Soul, who was like, nah, I'm not leaving you, and we're gonna run and we're going to get away from this guy together because if he catches us it's not just you who's going to feel the pain and the hurt it's me too so let's go I thought that was really impactful on her there was this episode I don't know if you remember where Eno came home and he choked and he had his hand wrapped around her neck and she was saying, um, Ina was like, go ahead, hit me. I know you want to go ahead and hit me. I was just like, how did not even her own brother realize, yo, your sister is still messed up from what happened when you guys were kids? No, I think Ina was impulsive and he was very, very angry and frustrated at the moment. He just came back. From the, from visiting the chairman, that didn't go well either. And I think back in season two, that happened as well. But then, you know, saying, uh, go ahead, hit me, you're no better than our aunt. And then he dropped her, but in, in season three, he just couldn't be, bear it. He couldn't keep it in anymore. I'm not young and his father may have, you know, basically played mind games with her. But I can say I haven't seen an episode or a scene or any implications that they laid hands on her. And I always thought it was kind of distasteful and horrible how her own brother was um making her relive some of that trauma. Because that scene right there, it really hurt my feelings. I was like, man, the fact that at that moment, you, her brother, 
who also went through similar trauma is reminding her of the abuse that she dealt with at the hand of the aunt that is one of the key reasons why I have a hard time <laughs> fangirling over Eno because I'm just like, you don't do that to people, especially your sister. Even if she's so messed up, but I guess he doesn't know how to help her. Maybe he could have asked for some help for her. He, he should have focused on that instead of trying to get revenge on Jug. That's what he should have focused on, on fixing his family. Because he too, he want, like you said, he wanted a family. And it was so funny how he clung more to Soul's family than he did in fixing his family. I'm just like, a family can be two people, you know? It could just be you and your sister. Like, you guys are a family. Look out for each other, build each other up, and you know? Heal each other. It would have been so much better for both of them. I see last episode of season four. I think Ina is handling him leaving a whole lot better than she did in previous times when he left her. You know, she's in therapy, but I don't even know if he's been in contact with her since the end of season four. You know, the way it was portrayed that like he left, so hasn't heard from him. I don't think they have contact. You know, wanted a completely new life without anything from her, from his previous life. So I think he cut out her from her from his life as well. So he had nothing to remind him of the past, Jung, Sol, or any anything from that. And I understand, like, what I kind of get why and stuff like that is because he found out how much of a role she played in the diminishing of his relationship with Jung and him losing, well, him damaging and hurting his hand. So I understand, but I'm like, man, that happened like, what, seven, eight years ago? I don't even think. And maybe, and maybe, he, you know, could have gotten therapy, would have been better to show others that he can stand up and can't be crushed. Maybe that would have been a better reaction. Because do you think it was her intentions? Though to cause him to hurt, um, to get his hands hurt. Cause even though she was doing what she was doing, playing her little manipulation games, um, do you think it was honestly? Cause I don't think it was her, even though she was jealous of him, I don't think it was her intention to move pieces around for him to get hurt like that. I don't think either. Uh, he was her best bet to take care of her, to earn money, to let her, let her live a nice life without Money problems. If he wants to become famous, then it's all good for her as well. Because I'm like, there's only so much. Like, you can pull the string in a certain direction, but you really can't control how another person is going to react. So I, I can't say she purposely went out her way to influence or encourage that dude to end up in a position where he slammed and hurt Eno's hand as is. And to me, I'm just like... You value your friendship with Jung more than you value your relationship with your older sister. Instead of you finding out and actually talking to Alan. And especially after everything that happened with, you know, Jung and that in season four, you would have thought that he would have been like, okay, let's communicate. Let me not just leave and let things as is. Let's go ahead and discuss and get this to make sure that we're all on the same page and that we are healed from the situation because I'm like what is he going to do be gone for another seven years and then pop up I don't 
think he will pop up again. I know a lot of fans wanted him to come back, but I think that only would mean trouble for all of them again. Starting drama again, and they don't need that. It might actually be healing for Ina if he don't appear back in her life. You know, it's just kind of hard for me to say that because I'm an older sister, so it's like <laughs> I can't imagine a world where I don't speak to my Even when we beefing, even when we're not cool, even when they did something to get me mad, I'm like, it only lasts about three weeks the last time was the longest we were mad at each other and we wasn't calling and texting. By the end of the three weeks, we're like, hey, what's up? <laughs> and so I just can't imagine just cutting off your siblings like that over what I consider to be. Yeah, a good family. And you're in good terms with siblings and all. Yeah, but then come the, there comes their family. They they never really had a proper family. Not even with, the, with Jung and his father. They somewhat felt it, that it was not, not the real thing. And they, they really wanted the real thing, the real family. That is sucks, because I was like, both her and so are older sisters. And... Like So says, she would never abandon Jude, her little brother, nor would she go out the way to like... Well, that was also a big difference I noticed, too. I was like, I didn't know if it was Lucas' intention to make them also like basically opposite sides of a coin. Ina, as an older sister, and So as an older sister, is like flipping a coin. Whereas So is looking out for her little brother, um, she's giving proper advice. She's even, you know, the one giving him money. When you flip the coin on the other side and it's Ina, Ina's taking from her brother, ruining his, I guess his credit, or I don't know if that's what they have, but there was a time when she put the phone bill, a bunch of phone bills in his name and his information. Um, so ruining his information, she's dependent on him. Like, I don't even think Ina has ever once offered her little brother, Emil. It was just interesting how they were the, literally the flip of a coin. So actually had a family, even if she wasn't rich, a mother, a father, Ina had none of that. It was just always interesting because it's like before I didn't really notice it, but now that I'm talking to her, I was like, man, they are literally the polar opposite of each other. And in the middle, you could even put like their relationship with Jung is the complete opposite of each other like whereas with Jung actually has respect for So he actually cares he actually um puts in an effort with her when it comes to Ina he don't have no respect she's just a tool just a something that he can use to get whatever leverage on somebody or something yeah and actually the two true brothers are also a bit mirror like like Little brother and big brother to soul. Yeah, they are. I think the only thing that they really have in common is that they both, other little brothers, are um very sociable. They're the ones everybody like, like so mentioned. Both Eno and June are just so sociable compared to her, but they are also mirrored opposite of each other. While June doesn't really have any talents that we know of or that was explored in the webtoon. Eno has talent. Eno is basically, even though he's the younger sibling, he doesn't have the luxury that June has of being a younger sibling. 
you know, which is that, hey, when you're the younger sibling, you're supposed to get babied. And we see that with June. June is babied by the parents. Also because he's a boy. He's a boy, yeah. And whereas with Eno, he don't have that luxury at all. He's responsible for his sister, responsible for himself. Nobody's out here baby him because he has no parents. Um, so the free spirit, like the whole free, free way that June is, is the complete opposite. Like he can't afford to be that much of a free butterfly. Like June is going to parties and just hanging and Eno is working, working. And while Saul is scolding and protecting his little brother, with Eno is more like the opposite. She gets some help from him. And while with his little brother, he, she gives him things without expecting anything back because he's family. But to Eno, she wants to repay for for his help by helping him study, getting him back on track. Yeah, that's the biggest difference between the two of them. It's like Ina has absolutely no problems, no issue throwing her brother under the bus in order to save her. But we saw that when Jung revealed what happened in the past. Whereas, so, hands down, she's not throwing her brother. <laughs> like, she's going to stay there. She's going to fight. Like, if she has to, she will put herself on the line in order to save um her little brother. But she's not going to purposely throw him in a, you know, throw him underneath the bus. Yeah, and he doesn't like willing to throw even salt under the bus towards the end. Bitch, Eno would throw Jung under the bus. And Jung daddy was like, hey, I would give you um, Jung's inheritance if you could do this or that. <laughs> she would be like, Jung did it, Jung did it. She wouldn't, she wouldn't even throw him under the bus. She has no loyalty to nobody. Her going to therapy in season four definitely shows that, hey, in some alternative world, we have a happy, healthy Ina. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Trapping the Cheese. The music in this episode was created by L Soundtrack. Her music can be found on popular websites like Sub-Zero, The Witch of the Bull, and so much more. You can connect with L Soundtrack on Instagram at L underscore Soundtracks. Remember, you can also be a part of the discussion by heading over to TrappingTheCheese.com and signing up to be a guest on this podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. And be sure to tune in next time for another episode of Trapping the Cheese with your host, Toontalk Cassie.